0: Hello, and welcome back to the She Built This podcast. This month, the month of July 2023, when I'm recording this episode, um, I've had the overarching goal or focus on wellness, health, rest, self-care, that kind of thing. So that's kind of what I've been focusing in on with this podcast. And if you listen to my episode on July 12th, the last episode with Dr. Sundra Dalton-Smith, you got to hear us talk all about rest and how vital it is as entrepreneurs and business owners to fill in all the seven buckets of rest in our lives. Today, I am chatting with a return guest, Tanessa Shears, who knows a thing or two about energy and rest and getting a good night's sleep so that you can increase your productivity. Tanessa is a listener favorite, and so she, I brought her in as a return guest because she, she, I really wanted to dive into something that I personally have been working on in my own life. And in a nutshell, that is um, getting more healthy as I age. So my goal right now is really to be stronger every week, healthier and more vibrant and energetic every year. I do believe that it is possible when we start to not just accept feeling blah as status quo or par for the course, and instead we ask ourselves, what else is possible for me? So Tanessa is going to share her story and she tells us how she she really committed to getting curious in her own life and with her own help and health. And now she helps others to do the same so that they can show up as the best version of themselves and continuously be growing and improving to step into that next level of possibility. And I love how Tanessa calls it becoming limitless. I most certainly am inspired by all that Tanessa brings forth as far as just information and ideas on changes that we can make in our own lives to get to our version of the next level, whatever that looks like for you. In this episode, we're going to talk about getting better sleep and the two camps that Tanessa sees people falling into when it comes to feeling tired or sleep deprived, not sleeping through the night, waking up too early. Um, We also talk about a few little simple things that you can start doing right away. If maybe that term biohacking is one you've heard or seen a lot and it It's piqued your interest, but you're like, "Mm, I don't have the kind of lifestyle that can spend my entire day laying around in a light box or hanging upside down for six hours or something wild like that. So we're going to talk a little bit about biohacking and things that you actually can do that are a little bit more simple and practical. And we also get into how women specifically are affected throughout the month and how to sort of like sync up your business with your cycle so that you can have a little bit more grace and ease in your life. And before I introduce Tanessa, I want to introduce myself. For those of you who don't know me, who this is maybe your first time listening, I'm Emily Aborn, a content copywriter, podcast host of this podcast, and the Content with Character podcast. I'm also founder of She Built This, which is a community for women entrepreneurs And I've personally been an entrepreneur since 2014. I have experience running brick and mortar as well as online business, and I've worked on marketing, visibility, and copywriting for over 96 industries. I absolutely love helping people to grow their businesses. This podcast, the She Built This podcast, is a little passion project of mine, and it's an offshoot of the She Built This community, which is a free online community where women entrepreneurs connect to give resources support, engage in conversations, make meaningful connections, and so much more. So, If you're interested in learning about She Built This, learning and connecting with me, you can find all of that information in the show notes. And now let me tell you about my guest, Tanessa. Tanessa Shears is a kinesiologist, certified sleep science coach, and health consultant who helps entrepreneurs double their energy and focus so they can make more money in their business with her 12 Becoming Limitless Protocols. She works closely with business owners to eliminate brain fog and also wake up well. well rested so they can get done more, they can get more done in less time, maintain that consistent, stable energy throughout the day and feel better than they have in years. Tanessa is also the host of the Becoming Limitless podcast. A link for that is most definitely going to be in the show notes as well as one of my uh, favorite recent episodes. And that's a podcast where Tanessa just really shares her deep expertise on optimizing health and focus for business success. So, Hi, Tanessa, and welcome back to the She Built This podcast. Hey, Emily, thanks for having me back on. I'm so ready for round two today. <laughs> me too. My listeners know this, but like, I'm only bringing back my favorite. Well, no, I'm bringing back my favorite people this year, so we can go deeper on topics rather than cover more topics. So you are one of the favorites.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I love hearing that. <laughs> and
0: I've been really loving your podcast and learning from you. So, you know, I will definitely include a link to the show notes. And for those of you who are like me and you just can't get enough of this kind of information, you're definitely going to want to listen to Tenessa's, um being limitless. Becoming limitless. "Become limitless. Yeah. See, I knew I yeah. was going to mess it up. I'm like, why do I do this to myself? Okay. So okay. let's start there. Let's start, first of all, what it means to you to become limitless. And then I want to hear just like a little bit more about your backstory and what sort of brought you to where you are.
1: Yeah. To me, becoming limitless is always seeking out what's possible. Like, I think that like, we're so, sometimes we feel so limited by like, everyone's kind of tired. Well, everyone has no time. Everyone's kind of busy. So that must be okay that that's normal for me. And we never really question whether we want that to be normal for us. And so one of the things I always like to think is like, I like to push that edge of possibility. Is it possible to get better sleep? Is it possible to feel more energized? Is it possible? So it's constantly like that self-searching journey to become the best that I can, not in a perfectionism way, but in a way of just seeking where my capacity lies. And so that's kind of what I think of as is becoming limitless, just the next elevation of us. Right. And how I got started into all of this. Well, it was by accident. I was a swimming teacher as I paid my way through university and I was cold all of the time in the pool. And I was like, please let me out. I want to do something different. And they're like, if you want to teach that seniors aquafit class, excellent. You can get out of, I was like, yes. And so in becoming uh, an aqua fitness instructor, I actually was obsessed with what I was learning, like learning about the body and how it moves. So I, literally that year went and switched my whole undergrad degree into kinesiology away from communications because I was just obsessed. So I graduated in 2013, opened a personal training business in 2014, saw that to six figures really quick, but you can only do so many years of 33 hours a week on the floor training people. And so I started jumping online and then just realizing that there's a whole world of people to help in terms of like, there are entrepreneurs that are just looking to really optimize the way their brain works and feel better and have more energy. So so it's kind of developed into this beautiful practice where I now get to help people feel better than they have in years. It's so fun. <laughs> and, and one thing you talked about, which it's, I think,
0: becoming limitless is about being curious about yourself, like curious about, can I get to that next step? Can I get better than this? Can I, you know, not in, like you said, not in a perfectionism way, but just like, what is possible for me to be able to achieve? Um, and I love that your curiosity really comes through in your episodes. Like you really, really dig in deep on things. Like you can tell that you become obsessed with learning about something <laughs> and then that comes through. But I appreciate that because it gives you a really well-rounded as a listener, it gives me like, Like, all the information I need to know what choices to kind of like start with and how to experiment with myself. So, one word you use a lot, and I hear it said a lot, and like sometimes it can sound a little like intense or harsh. So, what does the word biohack mean? Like, sometimes I hear biohacking and I'm like, whatever that is, I don't want that.
1: (laughs) Oh, I totally hear you. Sometimes I'll get on a podcast interview and they'll be like, that word will never fly with my audience. I totally get that because when you, if you go to Google the word biohack, you will see some extreme stuff. There is a guy literally in the biohacking field. His name is Brian Johnson right now. He is spending millions of dollars a year to reverse aging and he's doing it. And like, You'll see videos of him like laying in light boxes and you're like, that doesn't feel like it'll fit in with my job and my business and my kids, right? But the way I look at biohacking is, first of all, we meet ourselves where we're at. So if right now we're not doing many healthy habits what's the first one maybe we could work on just getting to bed on time right and the way biohacking works is it's an experiment with you meaning you are finding out what works for you and that's one of the reason I love wearable technology i mean i wear an aura ring and a fitbit because i always want feedback on what I'm doing. I mean, I'm really interested in a return on investment. So if I know if I'm taking 7,000 steps a day, does that correlate with higher activity scores? Like, do I feel better? Do I have better energy? What happens when I push to 10? Is that too much? So biohacking is what can I do not only to change my internal environment, but my external environment, the things around me, my bedroom, change the things inside me, like what I put into my body for food, And how does that help me increase longevity, energy, focus, clarity, right? And so I'm really looking at biohacking is experimenting with yourself to find out what works best to optimize you.
0: So once again, it goes back to that being curious about yourself piece, which I love. Um, Okay. So where, so you're specifically focusing a lot on entrepreneurs now. And I see that you have like a special program just for entrepreneurs, those who want to perform and achieve more. Where do you see entrepreneurs and business owners kind of missing the mark when it comes to, like, what are they complaining about the most to you when it comes to their health or their productivity
1: or their energy? Yeah, I find that falls into one of two categories. It's either the, I can't fall asleep or like the, I'm up at four in the morning reviewing my to-do list and I'm awake for like half an hour and I can't get back to sleep. And it's just like my brain turns on in the middle of the night. Category one, those people are not waking up feeling very good. They're dragging throughout the day. Then there's group two. That's like, I think I'm sleeping. Okay. But 2 PM, my energy goes out the door. I get this crash. All my brain can do is admin work. I get grumpy. I get hangry. I get home to hang out with the kids. I don't have any energy. All I could do is just collapse and watch Netflix. That's not what I want to be doing. I have projects. I want to do. I want to go for walks. I want to exercise. So I find it's those big two, those big two things people are coming to me. And then we, you know, take it, take it all apart piece by piece and find out, okay, well, what's going on with your food? Well, are you sleeping as good as you're thinking? Well, what's going on with your stress? Are you able to turn your brain off at night? And we slowly start to piece together the habits and shifts that we can make to your daily routine that'll help eliminate some of those struggles. Do you
0: think we can talk a little bit to each of those two people and kind of you can give maybe even just the most frequently suggested things so that it's a little bit generalized? Because I know obviously you work with people on a very individualized basis and like what their data is giving them back from their, their technology and such, but just like some things that it's like we could start doing this now if we fall into one of those two camps and it would start to get us in the right direction.
1: Yeah, so let's first talk about the people that are struggling to get to sleep or are waking up in the middle of the night. And so there's two main categories that I find people fall into. Obviously there's a lot of reasons, but the first one being okay, your brain's not turning off. If we're at all reviewing, you know, what we want to do for the day to do list, like I'd have to respond to that client email. Our brains aren't disengaging. And I think that's because we're feeding it so much and we don't ever get to actually stop the input and just be present with what is. And so I look at different ways that we can lower our stress and our cortisol levels before bed. And a lot of that has to do with disengaging from the information. Like turning off your phone, you know, taking a step back, like actually deciding what do you want to do in that hour before bed? That isn't more consumption. Like, is it, could it be stretching? Do you want to read a fiction book? Like, do you, I have clients that want to do puzzles or I have clients that go for the garden and then go for a stroll with a dog, like really just thinking about how can I, uh, eliminate input from other people's brains. And I love that.
0: Do you, I love that because that I do sometimes fall into that trap and, Do you have I just want to know because I was literally just thinking about this last night. Do you have social media apps on your phone and do you have any sort of recommendations if people do want to keep them on their phone for how to like use that a little bit better in the evening?
1: Yeah, actually, you know what's interesting? I have two phones and it started out like, you know how when you graduate to a new phone, there's nothing really wrong with your old phone, but like we get new phones because it's a free upgrade, say. So what I did, this was a couple of phone upgrades ago. I started using the one that I was moving away from and I called it my work phone. And it didn't really have, you know, phone capacity, but it had Instagram, Facebook, Gmail, Google Drive, Trello, um, Boxer all of the work apps. And so what that allowed me to do was on my personal phone that I carry around, all that's on there is WhatsApp, text messages, and phone calls. It is so boring. And if I am waiting in line somewhere, all that's on there, I actually have podcasts on there. That's the only thing. But I keep them completely separate and most of us will have an old phone lying around that we can experiment with this. But ever since I found that that worked I just have not gone back I've always had to and then the nice thing about that is when my work day is done, my boundaries are clear, I turn off my work phone and leave it in the office so that I don't have access to these things. The second thing, if you have Instagram and all of that kind of stuff on your phone and it is trouble, there's a couple of things. I've had clients that have experimented with an app that will block it at certain times. So you can just turn off all access to certain apps, say 8 p.m., 9 p.m., whatever Mm -hmm. that is. The other thing that you can do is you can just say, I only access social media from my desktop. It's really boring you don't stay on there very long. It's not the same as on your phone. Reels don't have that same addiction to them. So that is something that works. I'll give you one more tip. Um, in It's a different feature in iPhones, but there's, if you go into your phone's accessibility settings, um, I have an Android, but it's, uh, I'm able to, with a touch of a button, turn my entire phone screen black and white. And it is amazing how awful it is to be on social media when it's black and white. It is boring. Your brain doesn't get the stimulation and you'll spend like literally a tenth the amount of time on there. So it literally, if it's a button on your home screen, you tap it, everything goes black and white. It's fantastic. Such
0: great tips. Um, I love the black and white one and I forget it so often. So that's great. And then I like the idea of that separate phone because there is, you know, there is something to be said about if you're the kind of like if you are a business owner that's sharing to stories and things like that, there are limitations on the desktop. So you might want that. Um, So I really love that because that that like gives somebody a right choice for them no matter where they fall. Um, all right. So we talked about the kind of, we started talking about like that mental chatter going on in the evening and some things we can do around that. Uh, what else would you kind of direct people towards?
1: Yeah. So if you're one of those people can't fall asleep, can't stay asleep, or you're waking up and it's just a restless night. Um, one of the biggest things I would actually look at is your food, which is so interesting because we think like, oh, well that can't possibly have anything to do with it, but the proximity with which you eat to bed, Has a huge impact on the quality of your sleep so think about this if you want those mornings if you want to wake up and you feel restored and you feel clear and you feel energized you want to spend the majority of your time while you are asleep being restored right having your brain recover from the day before but when we do things like we eat within the three to two hour window before bed Your blood pressure has to go up. Your heart rate goes up and your energy goes towards digestion. So you're spending that time that you should be recovering your brain for tomorrow, digesting your food instead. And those are those days where you will likely wake up more groggy. And on top of that, it depends on what we're eating. So if you're eating something that is really high carb and I think about desserts, do we have any desserts that are not all high carb? And I love carbs. I don't have any problem with carbs. I am I just more strategic about the timing of them, because mm-hmm. if we're eating high carb things, like even like fruit and pasta and bread and stuff like that before bed, our bodies have a harder time keeping our blood sugar stable. Basically that means that it is going to be harder to stay asleep. You are going to wake up more fitfully and you're going to have higher cortisol levels. So one of the easiest things that you can do is if you're eating like in an hour before bed right now, let's go back 30 minutes and just start Easing it back that way. And then looking at if you're looking at your dinner, one of the things that I like to do is make sure that you are not eating naked carbs. Naked carbs, meaning you're just eating a meal that's only carbohydrates. So, a good example is a plate of pasta with a side of bread, because that is going to be a recipe for having you wake up in the middle of the night and disrupted sleep. And so, the simplest change you could make is is there a source, a palm sized source of protein on your plate? because that will help mitigate that blood sugar spike that is going to disrupt your sleep. So if you can keep it two to three hours out from bed, make sure there's at least a source of protein with your dinner. That's a great place to start right now. If you've never thought about how your food impacts your sleep. I had a health education professor who would always say like, if you're going to eat a plain white roll, like
0: coat that thing in butter. <laughs> so yes, you at least have yes, something
1: a- to slow that. <laughs>
0: yeah, a fat
1: or a protein will do the job. That's a great point.
0: Um, Okay. So something I want to share just like on a personal level that I've really gleaned. I never know if it's gleaned or gleamed. So we'll just (laughs) throw it out there as that, um, that I've taken away from your podcast is number one, um, is delaying my morning caffeine consumption, which has actually really, really been helping me. So I'm at 60 minutes. I'm like, that is pretty much where I'm at. (laughs) And I don't think I can go further than that because it's like all I can do not to circle the coffee like a shark. Um, But that's been really, really helping like my afternoon energy. And so I want to talk about that. And then the other thing that I've been doing and I did this like in conjunction with starting to um, get back into the podcast was taking a morning walk and like getting that sunshine on my face first, first thing. So I'd love for you to talk about those two things and then any other sort of like little things we can start doing that will make us feel better right away.
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, kudos to you for moving the coffee back. I know how weird it can be. It's like, what do I do with my hands if I'm not having a cup of coffee first thing in the morning? Literally everything. I'm just like, okay, wordle. (laughs) Yeah. Water just does not do the trick either, even though that's what I find I've been filling that time with, but if we're going to get into why it works. So basically right before you go to sleep, you have a lot of this neurotransmitter called adenosine in your brain. And that's what makes you feel sleepy at night. This is a great thing. But while you sleep, that gets broken down. And that's why you wake up not sleepy because the adenosine is gone. But the problem is, is when we grab a cup of coffee right in the morning, we don't get to finish clearing that adenosine out. So what happens is you're on that, um, you're on that like alertness high from the caffeine. But when the caffeine wears off, You still kind of got that residual adenosine kicking around and that's what can exacerbate that afternoon energy crash. And this is all made worse if you exercise in the morning, right? So one of the things that is a great strategy for that is if you can wait, my recommendation is usually an hour and a half to two hours to have coffee. But honestly, like if you're having coffee, the moment you wake up, like I used to any bit that you can push it is going to help start with 15 minutes, start with 30 minutes, move it back. Um, but this is one of those, you know, there's a lot of health things that we do that we don't see results for a week, three weeks, a month. This is one of those things that I find has a pretty quick turnaround time in terms of feeling better to deal with that afternoon energy crash. Now, one thing that I've been experimenting with recently, um, like right now, it's 9 30 in the morning and I'm just having cup one now and I've been up since five. And one thing I'm experimenting with is waiting until I eat to have coffee. And I'm already liking it. I mean, we're still in the first week of testing this, but this is something I'm finding is even, even further creating that stability of energy throughout the day. So super neat there. So that's in terms of the coffee. Now you also said getting out and getting that morning sunlight, that morning walk. So if we're looking at like what allows our brain to wake up and feel alert and boost focus in the morning, you've hit two things there. One, you're manipulating your body temperature by walking. It increases core temperature and that signals your brain, hey, this happens in the morning. We should boost the alertness here. Great way to start the day. And the second thing, getting out in the sun, when you get that light in your eyes, it Boosts your body's cortisol. Now don't think of cortisol as like a bad thing that keeps us up at night. It has those things as well, but cortisol is needed in the morning to feel alert. So getting out in the sun boosts that cortisol, which enhances our alertness. It creates a better mood for the day. It boosts energy, enhances focus. So by pairing the walk and the light together, you're getting a really cool two for one in the morning. And like, this is something that like, I've been practicing over the last couple of years. And it's especially on days, like, it doesn't have to be an everyday thing. Like if there's a day where, you know, you have a bunch of client calls, a bunch of interviews, stuff where you really need your brain to be a bit sharper, you can always include it on those days. Uh, and if it doesn't have to be every day, right? It doesn't, when would you need it the most? And then plan it in for those days.
0: Yeah. So you could, t- you could comfortably take the weekends off if you wanted to, <laughs>
1: I think I'm out in the morning, probably four to five days per week now. Um, And I find it's just like, this is something that I now look forward to because it feels good. It's a really nice kind of quiet space in your morning. Or there's something that I love to do with um, specific podcasts and I call it thought borrowing, um, I'll plug into a podcast and there's like, for example, I listen to Alex Hermosi's podcast, the game on these walks, because he talks a lot about the quality of your product and enhancing it and having that be the base of your business, that there is nothing more important than the quality of your product. And I plug into that on the days I go into my business, I get back home and I am just like, how can I do better today? And so like, I'm borrowing his thoughts about how mm-hmm. he thinks about products and getting myself in the vibe. To just have a day that is all about service and creating the best thing I can, right? So I pick different things on different moods, but I've learned to be like, this is where I'm shaping my day. It's what I put into my brain in the morning. I
0: love that reminder. Um, So I'm pretty, if I start listening to a podcast and it it's just, I'm just like, this is not doing it for me. I will just move it out of my queue. I love the more intentional reminder, like pick something that is going to boost your mood, that is going to boost your vibe and get you excited about what you're doing. So great reminder. Um, okay, my other question I guess is, because I have a lot of women listeners, do you have any recommendations? Like I, I read a lot of stuff that's like, sync your business with your cycle. And I'm like, um, impossible. <laughs> it never actually pans out. Like inevitably I'm almost always doing something the day that I start my period that I'm like, why did I say yes to this? So do you have any tips on like how we can actually sync our lives to our cycle, especially maybe those who are like a little bit more impacted by it than others? Cause I don't think that everybody is as impacted as, as I am.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So you know what the interesting thing is, is when I look at my monthly cycle, the reason I learn about this is to give myself compassion. And I use that compassion to structure my day properly. Now think about this. So a male hormone pattern, they go through a full cycle of hormones in 24 hours. They get the rise of testosterone and all that and fall ours takes 32 or 28 to 32 days so what that means is like we are expecting our bodies and brain to perform the same every day all month as Mm -hmm. if we had a male hormone pattern so the first thing i heard when i was like that is like oh so when i'm tired at like in that last you know five to eight days or whatever like that that's normal huh Right. And so I think the best thing you can do is just really start to understand. And that is another one of these things about these trackers, like the aura ring, for example, takes your temperature every day and plots it. And you can see by based on what your temperature is, where you are in your cycle. It is so fascinating. So In the first, let's, let's, if you call day one, the first day of your period, you're generally going to be lower energy, but you're going to kind of feel like a ramping up all the way through mid cycle day 14. You're going to feel like, let's get the projects done. I'm productive. You know, those days where you're like, how did I get all that done today? That was likely in those first two weeks where in the last two weeks, I find that there's an energy slowdown. Right. And this is a good time to close projects. Um, I find them a little more creative during that time planning. But the Mm -hmm. specific way that I use this is like if I'm ever doing presentations, podcast interviews, anything like that, I will book them on weeks one, two or three, like starting next week. I have across the calendar, keep this week light, which means I do not take extra meetings outside of clients. I do not book podcast interviews because I know that sometimes I like a nap in the middle of the afternoon. And I know sometimes my brain isn't as clear. You could do all the perfect things and you could do the routines and all this. And you're just, your brain is not the same as it was a couple of weeks ago. And I want, when I show up the best I can, to be clear and focused. So that's kind of why I keep that week really light. And it doesn't mean you can't take on stuff in the week if you feel good, but I think it allows you a bit of compassion to be like, this is normal that I feel like this. I don't have to cram this week. If you have that capacity to do that, it's a really good invitation to start seeing what, where your energy is best used. And if you can just schedule smart, you have that opportunity.
0: I love that. And the episode you specifically talk about, like you really broke it down. So I will make sure I include that in the show notes because I found it really, really helpful. And I found it exactly what you said, like just an opportunity to give grace and compassion mm-hmm. that like, I don't show up the same every single day of every single month of every single year. Right. So, um, okay. So I would love to know, I just want to get into like one more fun thing. And then um, I'll I'd love to invite you to share how to connect with you online. But my one fun question for you is like, what has been the most
1: life-changing book, teacher, or resource for you? Okay. I got a book and then something I was coached on. So the book is Boundless by Ben Greenfield. It is, it looks like a a university biology textbook. It's that big, but it's like so good. It's like the deep. It's it's biohacking on anything from beauty to recovery to gut health to um, dopamine. Like everything you could possibly imagine. When I found that book, I was like, "This is the cool stuff." When it comes to health, this is so much more fun. So I would say that. Um, and you know what? One of the most profound uh things that I've really Kind of come into in the last six months, and this is really when our family decided to do our slow living trip to Panama. Is I had a a coach say to me recently, Tessa, are you growing just to grow? Like, I mean, what is the purpose? Like, what what is the push for this month? Like, when is the last time you've actually just enjoyed the fruits of your labor and just been present?" And I was like, "Oh my gosh, I have been in a persistent growth season mm. for like eight years." And then you can really start to see just where you lose that little bit of excitement for it. And so when I had that, I was like, ah, I need to be intentionally planning in seasons of living, right? And that's when I was like, okay, how can I live a bit more? And really just looking at how do I want my life to look? And it's so interesting when you really start to explore that, I started having to look at my business and being like, is this business I'm running now, the model I'm running now, does it fit that life? And then making those pivots. And so it's been a really kind of transformative last six months of kind of like, I have the energy. I feel good. Now what? And it's that like evolution of like, where does life go now that I feel good? I have the energy to follow this. And so that's kind of where I guess the last six months has been. That's just been so eye opening.
0: I love that and it really has come through and you know if, if you follow your content and pay attention to things that has definitely shown through. So um okay, why don't you share kind of what's included in your new program that you're starting and I call it new, I don't know exactly when you launched it, but also how to find you, how to find that and connect with you online.
1: Yeah, so my program is becoming limitless and it is a 12-month program. That was the biggest shift because I was like I want to see people through the entire transformation. Like three months is fun, but you don't get to have the busy seasons in business. The times your kids get sick, when, when you move, like, how do you actually keep your health as a priority through these seasons? And so over this 12 months, one of the things we focus on, on three main areas. One is how to sleep better. We get you an aura ring. We're looking at like, okay, what does your wind down routine look like? Is your bedroom optimized for it? Do you even do we even know if you're getting enough sleep? What's the quality like? And targeting different biohacks for each of these areas. And then in food, we're looking at, okay, how can we get whole foods on your plate consistently? How can we get you eating them consistently so that we're taking care of your brain, not just worrying about if your genes fit. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, once we have those two in place, it's a beautiful place to talk about resilience and this ability to Be able to bounce back after we have a stressful event and not have it wipe us out mentally or emotionally for a couple of days. And then looking at how can we do things like exercise and cold showers to build our resilience so that when stressful life events do happen, we're entrepreneurs, it's going to happen. We are able to tolerate that without being triggered into like an overwhelmed spiral anxiety and stress. So really looking at building up the robustness of our our spirit, our brain, our mind, right? And so that's the the program in an essence. And it's been something that has been so much fun to build based on years of one-on-one coaching and seeing what works and what hasn't worked. So that's, that's basically where the program has come from. And I love that there's like a community
0: around it too. Right. So that, you know, everybody's kind of working towards this common goal together. So.
1: Definitely. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to be something beautiful that's being built out. Um, It's ready to go. It's being, it was recently re-released. It was always one-on-one before, but this transition to more of a community style, like being around other people that are going through it with you, hearing from other people's struggles. This is what I'm really excited as part of the next step. Awesome. All right. If somebody wants to uh, learn more, what do you, what's the best way to connect with you? Oh, go to my website, tanessashears.com. And I have a little free training tab at the top, click 12 ways to biohack your energy. This is like 12 short, fast, easily implementable biohacks that are great for highly productive mornings and energy. If you're just wanting to like feel on fire during the day, these are your go-to start there. And the kind of nice thing is each biohack comes with a podcast episode that you can dive way deeper on. If you're like, I like this hack, I want more. So it's, it's full of resources and integrated. It'll get you in my world. And then, uh, of course I'm on Instagram at Tanessa Shears.
0: Okay, perfect. Yeah, I will definitely make sure there's a link right to that in the show notes also. um, Thanks so much for coming back. This was a lot of fun and I hope that people took away something that they can start implementing in their life right away. Yeah, definitely. Always
1: just question what might be possible for me.
0: To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.